success looks so easy from the outside, but all successful people have had to overcome enormous obstacles along the way. And in many cases, look failure right in the eye. Most successful people don't focus on the struggle and they rarely talk about it because that's not what creates success. Join us here where we'll chat with serial entrepreneurs, both men and women, and share the good, the bad, and the ugly of entrepreneurship. We'll talk about the obstacles we faced and how to overcome them to reach the success that you desire. I am your host, Cami Lehman, and this is She's Invincible. Hey everyone, welcome to the She's Invincible show. We are so excited today to introduce you to this invincible one. Tanessa Shears is a kinesiologist, certified sleep science coach, and health consultant who helps entrepreneurs double their energy and focus so they can make more money in their business with her 12 Becoming Limitless Protocols. She works closely with business owners to eliminate brain fog, and wake up well-rested so they can get more done in less time, maintain consistent, stable energy throughout the day, and feel better than they have in years. Tanessa is also the host of the Becoming Limitless podcast, sharing her expertise on optimizing health and focus for business success. Oh my gosh, Tanessa, welcome to She's Invincible. We are so excited to have you with us today. Yes. All right. I'm so excited for this conversation. Let's go. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So fun. So let's do this. Let's jump in. Let's tell our listeners how in the world did you get where you are today and what makes you invincible? Oh my gosh. Okay. So it started in a swimming pool and I was paying my way through university. I was in as a communications major. I wanted to be a news anchor and I was so cold because you spend three or four hours at a time in a pool, not moving much. It's cold. And I said to the supervisors, I was like, is there any way I can do something else? They're like, well, you can teach the seniors aquafit class on Fridays at two. I was like, sign me up. I, what training do I need? And as part of that training, I started learning about the body and how it works and how it moves. And I was like, This is so interesting that I walked on into the registrar's office at the university and was like, switch me into kinesiology. I don't want to be a news anchor anymore. Like I am obsessed with the body, how it works. And so when I graduated with my bachelor's of science, I was like, okay, well, I have been at this point, group training, personal training for a while open my own business. And so that was in 2014. And within about 15 months of launching, I was at a six figure run rate, 33 client hours a week, super busy, which was really fun, but got to that point where I was like, this is, this is a lot. I I mean, you, you add on marketing, you add on being a human, you add on, you know, programming and all of that. And it was so full on. And I found myself feeling really drained despite the fact that I was in the health field. And so mm-hmm. I then to start began to start incorporating like, okay, what would this look like if I could do this in a more scalable fashion and also bring in some more holistic aspects of health? So over the years from, you know, moving my business online in about 2017 until now, it's now a, a full-scale health consultant service, which we work on not only food and fitness, but on sleep and resiliency. And that's what I think makes me invincible specifically is the resiliency that I have been able to develop because I am so... Um, particular about how I take care of my energy and my health. And it just, it bleeds beautifully into the rest of my life. 
And it, I do really feel invincible, I would say. <laughs> I think you are invincible. So this is amazing. And you just really walked us into your topic today, which is sleep. Oh my gosh. You know, the thing about it, right? Like, I don't think you realize until you're older how important it is. You know, when you're long, you're, you're young, you have all this energy. Uh, and then you get older and you're like, now I know why little kids need to nap, right? <laughs> All the things we fought, now we we hope for. So let's talk about sleep and the effect it has on our bodies, our performance, our energy, our focus. Oh my gosh, let's talk about all the things. Yeah, I feel like sleep is one of those things that we just really would love to do more of, but we don't really, you know, want to make time for that. Or we feel like it'll be at the expense of our productivity or like, what if that's my me time? Like we have a lot of conversations about this. And if I'm going to be really frank, like sleep is not one of the most fun, sexy things to talk about. I mean, I used to be the person before I got into sleep where I'd see people talk about it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I get eight hours is fine. I'm feeling good enough. And it's so easy to do that. But my hope today is to get you guys as excited about this as I am, because once you can see what it does for your business, for your energy, for your relationships, for your focus, like it's very hard to turn a blind eye to it. Right. So if we're having this conversation about sleep and how it affects us, like we need to think of sleep, not as a pillar of health that goes along with exercise and food, which are the ones we like to focus on. Right. But it's the foundation on which everything else is built. And the reason I say that is because think about this, think about the last time you woke up with a sleep that was less than quality or too short. You probably felt a little irritable. You were probably more likely to skip the workout. Our blood sugar is not nearly as stable. So we have more hunger than usual. We have more cravings than usual. Our ability to focus is reduced. Our mood is reduced. And if you just take that into your life, it's very hard to make good decisions moving forward for yourself, no matter what field that's in. So I'm always coming from the place of like, why don't we work on the thing first, which makes everything easier from productivity to focus, to energy, to clarity, and just generally feeling good. That's why I love sleep as like that bedrock that comes first. I love it. So let's break it down. What is the one biggest thing difference you see when people shift that, when they shift that from being drained and stressed and exhausted and all those things to getting the sleep they need and then moving into this transition. Oh my gosh, to name just one. But I, I know, well, the first one, <laughs> the biggest one, the most common. I had a client put it beautifully a couple of weeks ago. She's like, I've never felt this way waking up on a Monday morning in my life. And by that, what she meant is I woke up without an alarm clock. I didn't need a two hour process to get going or coffee. I just feel good. I'm ready to take on the day. And it is that sense of readiness mixed with being well rested. Like really, we've all had those days where you wake up off a good sleep and you feel invincible. You feel like you could do anything. But when people get a taste of that and what that feels like to inch your brain up to performing at 80% of peak capacity or 15 or 20% higher, it's very hard to go back. And that I think is a single favorite moment of mine where people are like, wait a second, I have had the capacity and the possibility to feel like this this whole time. I can't go back to feeling tired. That's my favorite. (laughs) I love it. And so how much sleep would you say most people, I mean, we can't, everyone's different, right? So, but what would you say you see the difference 
uh, or the transformation, how much sleep is that is required? Well, that's one of the, it's a beautiful question. You put it that way, because one of the things that I like doing is using wearable technology, like specifically, I have a ring on right now that tracks all of my sleep data, my body temperature, all so much data. And I make decisions off of what I see. And so I have had clients before that can get really high quality sleep on seven hours. I also have clients that need eight and a half hours to get that same quality, right? So what we're really looking at here is I always recommend like we want to get that minimum of seven hours because I do find that it's very rare to see someone get the quality of sleep that we need when we are less than seven hours. And by quality, I mean deep sleep and REM sleep. Those are the things that reset our body and brain while we sleep so that you can show up the way you want to show up the next day. So in general, I always like to shoot for at first a target of seven hours, because let's be real, most people I work with are in like the six range to start, even if they think they're getting eight. It's amazing when you look at data how often it reveals a different truth. And so I always like to invite it as an experiment of like, okay, we got you over the seven hump. Can we get you to 715? How do you feel now? Great. 7.30. How do you feel now? And at some point, there will be a diminishing return. And at which we say, is this your sweet spot? So it's really a think of an experiment that's evolving. But I would say at minimum seven hours asleep, not in bed, asleep. And is there such a thing as too much sleep? Yeah, for sure. And also when I'm seeing sometimes I'll have clients that'll come in that'll show 10 hours or nine and a half hours in bed or asleep. One of the things that's cueing to me is I'm like, okay. Why are we sleeping so much now? And that's usually to make up for a sleep debt carried during the week, like where we're undersleeping, 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 or the quality is compromised. And we're just feeling like we have to do these long stretches on the weekend to catch up. Either that or we're sick. Those are the two reasons our our immune system is not functioning. Two reasons where we might be oversleeping. So anything past nine hours of sleep, I would start questioning if it's a regular occurring thing where the breakdown might be in our sleep. Awesome. And I I suppose you work with a lot of entrepreneurs and like I see them posting things like even questions on different social media sites, like how much is the right amount of sleep for you or how much do you need? And I couldn't believe how many people were saying four to five hours. I was like, oh, my gosh, I won't even get out of bed. (laughs) I'm like, if I wake up, I'm like, I'm staying here. I will force myself back to sleep. There's no way I can function. I know I can't do that. So, well, and that's one of the common things I always hear is that like, but I'm fine. My sleep is fine on eight hours, but there's actually, there is a specific gene that we have. It's called the ADRB1 gene. And if you have a modification on that gene, then you will thrive optimally on six hours. But here's the kicker. Four out of 100,000 people have that. That is a (laughs) 0.004% of the population that can function optimally. But here's the thing is like, if you have enough hours on less than seven hours in a row, enough nights, you have something called baseline resetting in which your brain stops noticing the deficit in cognitive performance. And you just start to think it's normal. And you're like, it's fine because you're Mm -hmm. no longer aware of it. It's kind of like that experience if you've had one drink and you're like, I feel fine. I think I'm fine. You know, that conversation we all have in our head, but that happens with sleep. But science shows that if very little of the population can actually function on that level of sleep. So that's why I always like to invite the experiment aspect of it. Like, what if you just for two weeks hit a higher sleep volume and then decide how you feel? And you get to take it or leave it based on what you want. But at least you've had both experiences in making that decision. I love that. So as we talk about sleep, you mentioned your immune system and maybe being ill would require you to need more sleep. So let's real quick, and then we're coming back. (laughs) 
let's real quick talk about what does what happens in your body when you're sleeping because this i think is not spoken about enough and i feel like people need to understand that you know sure the result of getting enough sleep outwardly is you know more clarity more productivity all of those things but what is actually happening within the chemistry of your body and how much time does that take Oh, I love this question. Okay. So there are major components of sleep and awake time is one of them, believe it or not. You have light sleep, deep sleep, and REM, R-E-M, which stands for rapid eye movement. And that's when you're dreaming. So I like to focus primarily on the big two to start, which are deep sleep and dreaming. So with deep sleep, we want to aim to get in that hour to hour and a half at minimum range per night. And the reason for this is it physically restores your body. And so this is this is the kind of sciencey fun stuff that I like. But when you are in deep sleep, your brain cells actually shrink back a little bit. And all that fluid that's in your spinal cord and in your brain kind of gives your brain a little bit of a bath and it washes off a lot of the metabolites and stuff that accumulate during the day. And so it physically restores your brain. Deep sleep is also something you need if you want to physically restore your body. So if you did a workout, you had a day where you're on your feet, you moved around a lot. Deep sleep is where you are going to get the benefit of that movement, right? Like the, the repair process and the muscle growth and the effects of your workouts they don't happen in the workout. They happen in the recovery. So if we are not getting that recovery, your workouts are not nearly as effective. So sleep is kind of like, if this is not happening, it really negates a lot of the point of the workout. So that is deep sleep, that physical restoration. Now REM sleep, that's what I call entrepreneurial gold, because I feel like this taps into so many of the things that make us great entrepreneurs. So for one, it helps us with problem solving and out of the box thinking. That's our job as entrepreneurs. Like if we can solve big problems and we can come at it in a unique way, that's what's going to make us stand out in the market, right? So our ability to help our clients, our customers and solve problems. Number two is it helps us manage our emotions. So we know what it feels like to not get enough sleep, a little cranky, a little frustrated, yes. maybe we're a little short, maybe we don't want to hit send on that email. <laughs> You get let it percolate for a little bit. Like I want to show up in my business with emotional integrity. I want to be solid. I want to be neutral. I want to be able to respond in a way that feels in sync with how I want to show up in my business. And I can't do that if I'm tired because my responses aren't going to be coming from a genuine place of neutrality. I might feel a little tired. The third thing is that if you're getting enough REM sleep, it allows you to read facial expressions and body gestures better. If you are oh. a coach, if you are a consultant, if you are in anything that involves interacting with other humans, your ability to read them beyond their words is going to make you better at your job. So if I am explaining something to my client and I notice they're leaning in, I'm like, okay, this is, this is connecting. I'm going to keep pulling on this thread. But if they're sitting back or they're kind of giving me a confused look, I'm like, okay, I'm not explaining this clear enough. Let me try another route. That makes me a much better uh, consultant and coach in my job. So when we kind of pair the fact that you get that physical restoration and then you get the mental restoration during REM sleep, it's really what allows you to show up fully engaged and focused with a brain that's performing at the level you'd like. Oh my gosh. I knew there was things happening in the body. <laughs> I love this. It's so, so much to our benefit. Okay. Back to sleep. Okay. Here's the question. What are some of the routines that you suggest for people that are having trouble getting sleep? Is there like a nighttime ritual that you do? Uh, I hear everyone has their own little tricks. So tell me what you most recommend to your clients. 
So the first one, you know what? It's one of those ones that we think of as silly, but with the amount of clients that I've worked with, I can tell you this is actually something we need to put thought into. What time is your bedtime? A lot of us don't even have a bedtime because we're adults now, right? So we just kind of go to bed when the next Netflix show ends or when we stop working for the evening or just when we feel like it. But allowing that in the moment kind of experience to dictate our sleep is usually what's resulting in that lack of quality, right? Because I like to think of evening, a lot of the activities that happen are consumption activities, right? On Instagram, we're maybe uh, reading a business book, we're on Netflix, right? And so I always like to think of those activities sometimes as compromising the quality of sleep to show up the next day. So bedtime, I think is number one. And then of course, honoring that. But if we're talking about what leading up to bedtime, there's a couple things that make the biggest difference. Number one is how uh, close to bed you eat food. Now, the really interesting thing is our body doesn't process food as effectively in the evening. Specifically, our blood sugar is not as stable. When we go into bed with high blood sugar, that is often leading to trouble falling asleep, waking up multiple times during the night, or waking up and not being able to get back to sleep. And it's usually because our body is digesting, it can't recover, our heart rate can't drop properly. And so we're really experiencing trouble falling asleep and disrupting sleep. So I like to recommend, if you are eating right now within an hour of bed, we start moving that back 15 minutes every couple of days until we get to that three hour or so mark away from sleep. That's when we want to stop eating. That's number one. The second thing I really like to focus on is light. Now, light is a really potent source of information to our brain and telling us whether we should be alert, whether we should be sleepy, whether our heart rate should be going up, it should be going down, like what's going on in our body. So when we're constantly feeding our brain with this bright light coming from screens, it's the equivalent to being outside in the middle of the day and your brain being like, hey, it's noon. I should be wide awake right now. So I kind of do something called an inset, uh, indoor sunset simulator. And what that means is I like to think what is going on in the sky in the evening and how can I replicate that in my house? So pre-indoor electricity, we had to rely on the sky and its brightness to tell our brains when it was time to sleep and when it was time to wake up. So if we think about bringing that into the home, we want to think, number one, the lights have to get dimmer. Number two, they have to get lower. So we switch from table lamps to table lamps from like overhead pot lights and the color has to change. Light in the evening outside are orange and reds, right? So we want to think, okay, how can I, I have a, um, an orange light bulb in my bedside table? That works wonders. I have glasses with orange lenses. That works wonders. Um, low wattage light bulbs, thinking things like turning on salt lamps and off of the bright lights. So anything you can do to replicate that sunset of dim, low, red and orange lights in that hour or two before bed, it is amazing what this will do for your sleep. Oh, that's amazing. Those are great tips. I love it. All right. So one of the things we talked about um, before we hit record always, right? That's what podcasters do, uh, is one of the things we talked about was uh, another guest that I had that we talked about healthcare and how she had found nurses sleeping on their shift in the NICU, right? So these are all very dangerously, uh, you know, situations where their babies need constant care. And the nurses are falling asleep. So let's talk a little bit about that and what is what is happening there and how can we be better? Because I think yeah. that's the most important thing, right? We count on these professionals uh, to help us to sometimes save our lives 
uh, to do surgery on our bodies, all the things. And um, I, that scares me. <laughs> I'm a little afraid right now. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So tell us, tell us some of what your thoughts are around that. Yeah, well, fair enough. And I'll speak to my what I what I've seen, not only in studies and research, but also I'm in Canada, so I can speak more to that. And I imagine it's very similar elsewhere. However, there has been research studies that have clearly shown that the rate of error with both nurses and doctors, surgeons increases the longer they have been awake, because as you are awake beyond that 16 hour mark, your ability to make decisions decreases, right? There's a lot of those um, quickness of response, uh, emotional control. A lot of those things go, we're not robots, right? Our brains need that physical restoration. So the only thing that this runs into is that the longer a doctor or a nurse has been awake, there have been studies that have shown that they're more likely to prescribe antibiotics, for example, that are not needed later in the day or more likely to make different decisions than they would in the morning. And this has result. There's actually, I don't know the exact statistic on it, but the, um, the rate of like physician error, which results in death sometimes can be a lot higher with fatigued practitioners. And this becomes concerning because the doctors and the nurses aren't the ones setting their schedules. And this comes from looking at the hospitals as a business, not prioritizing the wellness of their staff, their team, right? And we want to really make sure that our doctors and nurses are really well rested. And so something that I can do in my control is I do schedule my appointments first thing in the morning, right? Mm. I do want to make sure that I'm doing the best I can. To, I mean, that's as far as within my control, but I think that there, there is definitely room for questioning in the medical community, like why are the people that are responsible for our health being pushed into schedules and doing these internships and rotations in which they don't sleep for 24 hours. And that is considered normal and acceptable. And not only that required for them to pursue their dream, but it is compromising not only their health and their mental state, but our health as the patients, right? So I think yes. that there's so much room for conversation about why, what is the necessity of having these schedules like this? And I know there's a lot of conversation around hospitals being understaffed, but I think this needs to be looked at as if we're looking at protecting our health, it needs to start with protecting the people that are giving us the solutions and the help we need. Oh my gosh. I love that. That couldn't have been said any better. Thank you. Okay. Anything else that we need to talk about when it comes to sleep and our functions? Yeah, I think with sleep, it's one of those things. It's interesting. We look around at all of our family and our friends and everything, and everyone's kind of tired. So we kind of just have really normalized it. It's a societal norm to be like, how are you busy? How are you exhausted? How are you? I'm tired. Like it is so accepted that many of us never think to question whether we want that to be normal for us. So one of the things I always invite listeners to do is to question like, wait a second. I don't want this to be normal for me anymore. I don't want to respond with I'm tired and to know that there are solutions to this and they are very habit based and lifestyle based and you don't need to take a medication for it and you don't need to drastically overhaul your life. And that's why I love sleep. It's free. You're already doing it. Why not optimize it one small thing at a time and do it a little bit better? The transformation I've seen in just how people show up. It's amazing when you watch someone go from feeling tired all the time to feeling energized and what that does for their life. So just, I guess my invitation would be to question that if you want to keep subscribing to that norm, if it's not working for you anymore. Mm. And sleep, right? Always followed by uh, sick and tired. 
right? right? That's that that's lack of sleep. Oh my gosh. Hanging in there. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, okay. Last question on this. And this is, um, are there tricks where, or does your body just naturally do this where it shifts or controls the where, how much time you're in this light and then deep and then REM sleep? Oh, there's so many things that will dictate that. It's fantastic. Um, honestly, this could be a whole conversation in itself. But usually if I'm looking at the data from one of my clients aura rings and I see that they're low on deep sleep, there are specific habits that I can go to. And a really good example is caffeine timing. Ooh. I find caffeine heavily affects deep sleep length and quality. And so if you are waking up feeling like you were physically exhausted the next day, you may not be getting enough deep sleep. And I always then like to question our relationship with caffeine. And generally the rule of thumb is I like to keep it at least 12 hours from bedtime. That is where I find the optimal result. And even as much as 10, some people can do. Um, And then as far as REM sleep, like if we're talking about that entrepreneurial gold I talked about, one of the first things I'll look at is screen time. There was, I'll just briefly mention there was a, um, a cool study done where a group read on an iPad, so a screen and a group read on a book. And the group that read in the iPad had suppressed REM sleep for up to three nights later after reading or looking at a screen. So you can substitute that with Netflix or your phone. But within that hour of bed, it affected it for three days. It's called a digital hangover. So even if we think we're just sneaking in, you know, a night of scrolling here and there, it could be affecting you for a couple of days. So there's definitely things that you can look at in either, either ring. But those are just two examples. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. Well, thank you so much for talking to us today about sleep and all the ways that it affects how we work and how we can be better, right? When we look at that and focus in and and take some action. So this is amazing. So let's do this. Um, I would love to shift over now to talk about your podcast because here you are as a podcast host offering all of this free, right? Education and value to people. So we want to make sure they know all about this and how they can tap into that. Yeah, my podcast is becoming limitless. And the goal I set out when I started it, we're nearing on episode 100 now. The goal I've set out is each episode is one small shift that you can make, how it impacts your business and how to implement it in your life. So there are everything from caffeine to how to get more deep sleep to the way we can control our blood sugar. So I've kind of used that as a, a library of tools for you to add in one thing at a time. If you improve one thing a week from listening to one episode a week, where will you be a year from now? And that was kind of the premise of it. So it's really, I like to call it the go-to biohacking podcast for entrepreneurs because I haven't found another one quite like it, but I just, it's my heart and soul. I love that show. <laughs> I love it. And speaking of biohacking, Tell us about your biohacking program. Yeah, so I have a free entrepreneur's playbook. So if you've been listening to this and you're like, hmm, I like this, I'm going to get, I have a, um, it's called 12 Ways to Biohack Your Energy. And it is a playbook that has the 12 best optimization tips that I have found with myself and clients that are super easy to read and implement. And it's got a fun little podcast that associated with each tip too. So if you really want to dive deeper, um, but it's really the whole thing is to help you with highly productive mornings and waking up more energized. And you can grab that on my website at tanessashears.com. Perfect. I was just going to ask you, where can people find you? So there you go. Let's say it again for the people that didn't hear it. Yeah. So you can find that 12 ways to biohack your energy on my website at tanessashears.com. Fabulous. 
Hey, I hope you're enjoying this episode. And just before we get to the good stuff, right? The good, the bad, and the ugly, I have this great announcement for you. We are starting the Pod Power Hour, which is a virtual event that's going to happen on Wednesdays at noon Eastern. And so if you've ever thought about having a podcast, if you have questions, if you are a podcaster and you want to come and meet other podcasters and learn what's new, what's happening, tips and tricks to be better at this amazing passion of podcasting that you have, we would love for you to join us. We're going to have experts there that are going to be sharing their genius. It's going to be amazing. So, and if you're a host and you want to come meet some amazing uh, people that could be potential guests for you on your show, come on out. What a great way to get exposure. Be sure to check it out on my website at camilehman.com as well as follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Whatever is your favorite platform, we will have registration there. You do need to register to attend and it is on Zoom. So super simple, just one hour every other Wednesday. We start on May 4th, so don't miss out. Get registered today. We can't wait to see you there. You have moved from fighting cancer to discovering how to live beyond it. But what now? With so many emotional side effects still unknown, as a new survivor, you find yourself in a void as you navigate through the isolation, fear, and an uncertain future that can overshadow you and your family for years to come. Instead of focusing on the uncertainty of cancer, consider how strong and determined you are and think of the strength demonstrated by those who stood beside you through it all. Consider this. You now get to choose who you want to be and what your intentional, fulfilled life can look like. You made it through treatment. We can help you define yourself as a survivor. We're here to help you through this moment, to walk beside you as you shift your mindset from counting the days of life to creating a legacy. For more information, visit www.adventuretherapyfoundation.org or contact us at info at adventurefound.org. Well, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for sharing this on She's Invincible. We promise our listeners we're going to bring them fierce entrepreneurs and we're going to share their expert zone of genius. And you've done that so well today. But we're not done because, you know, as women, we're always comparing ourselves, right? So people see how smart you are and how successful you are and they think she's so lucky. Well, we're here to debunk that myth <laughs> because what we find here is the harder we work, the luckier we get. This has nothing to do with luck. This has everything to do with navigating the ups and downs of entrepreneurship and never giving up. So we'd love to pull back the curtain and share some of the behind the scenes of the good, the bad, and the ugly of your journey to your success. Are you ready to tell some stories? I'm ready. Let's go. Awesome. Let's do it. So we're going to start with the good. Tell us a story about the good or the greatest part of your journey so far. It was the moment that I discovered 
what sleep did for me and my energy and my brain. And this was not only something that was good for me, but it was good for my business because like I had mentioned, I started a personal training business and I used to think like everybody, it's like it's exercise and it's food. And those are the things that go into how I feel. But when I really started like investing myself in sleep, it opened up this entire branch of my business that actually became the foundation of what I am known for and what I have made that I feel the biggest impact in my community with. So it was it was really just finding that solution for myself and then being able to share it and help everyone around me. I love it. Oh, that's so awesome. Okay. Let's talk about the bad. We'll we'll save the ugly for last, but tell us the story about the bad part. It was how I found the good part. It was <laughs> after I had had my first daughter. And I remember specifically sitting down. I, I love my business. So I jumped back in like a couple of weeks after. And I remember sitting down to write a newsletter and I had no creative ideas. I couldn't get my opening line down. It felt clunky. It felt really just not smooth. And I was not enjoying this experience. I was like, my brain isn't working. It's so foggy right now because when you have a new baby, you're up a lot. And I remember thinking like this, this feels so terrible, but I bet you other entrepreneurs are feeling this on a, on a lesser scale, but it's affecting their brains too. But it was in that moment of just like, uh, I am not going to be able to be a mom, to be a wife, to grow my business. If I'm always living under this fog. And so that's actually what led to the good, but it was a really low moment too, of just like, I can't run my business if I continue to feel like this. Mm. Well, you know, I find that the bad and the ugly is really what drives us to the greatest part of the journey because that's where we learn, right? When everything's going great, we're the teacher, but it's when it's not going great, we become, right? We become the student and that's where we learn and we shift and we have these transformations. Ah. That and so you're grateful, right? And that that's the end of it is that the the long and short is you often become grateful for those experiences, not in the moment, right? You're not thinking, oh, I'm so grateful, I'm so exhausted. <laughs> but in the uh, in the looking back and reflecting to say, wow, if that didn't happen, I may not have found my way to this place. And right. This well, I remember thinking to myself too, if I can figure this out with a newborn baby, oh. I'm going to be on fire when this baby starts sleeping through the night. And that's exactly what happened. Right? Isn't that amazing? Which does go pretty quick. Not It doesn't feel that way until you look back, but it does go quick. All right. Give it to us. Tell us about the ugly part of the journey. The ugliest part would have to be in my second year um, of having my personal training business. And I had experienced that really big high where I was like at that six figure mark within such a short amount of time. And it was great. And then I didn't prepare my brain for the ebbs and flows of business. For some reason, I just thought it was up from here, but not naturally. Like there are seasons where clients roll off, especially in fitness. There's always a drop off in the summer and then everyone comes back in September, raring to go back at New Year's and really recognizing that, oh, these low parts are normal. Because I remember specifically, there was a point not too long after that, where I was actually on Google searching out like part-time jobs because I was so scared this was going to be it. Like... There's never going to be another client again. This is the bottom. It all goes down from here. And my brain was really, you know, making such a catastrophe out of it. Um, but I have learned over the years that one, there are ebbs and flows seasonally in every type of business, just depending. The other thing that I have learned is that there, there's this interesting thing that happens when you become fully booked, you focus on the delivery and usually if you're not paying as equal attention to the marketing as you were to get those clients, 
then naturally you're going to get a dip in income and your pipeline is going to empty out. And so by the time those clients roll off, it's usually too late to the point where you're like, oh no, I should start marketing again. So I think now being in business nearly 10 years, I have now learned that when you get that pipe, you have to keep the pipeline full. So you do not experience these feast famine cycles that often become so like hard on our nervous system. And so the ugly was really just thinking that this was the end, but I had really just realized that I hadn't recognized that the marketing can't stop when the delivery ramps up. Oh, and this, here's a question for you that I think will help many entrepreneurs right now. What has, have you found that has worked for you? Because many people struggle with this. How are you serving the the current clients and continuing that marketing? Yeah. So for the longest time, it probably took me honestly about five years to figure this out. I'm not even going to say it was a, I figured it out the first time. I figured it out like the sixth time. It's okay. <laughs> and I was like, oh man, that took a while to figure that out. But what it was, was it was really understanding that the marketing activities always needed to be scheduled first because I have, I love working with my clients. I have no problem responding to messages, creating content. That's the fun stuff. But I was procrastinating on the stuff that would be enable me to keep the business going. So I think it was really figuring out that no, you know, talking to people online, you have to meet people, pitching podcasts to guests on. You have to do that. Like it's not as fun as talking to your clients, but it's the stuff that is almost has to be the rocks and the schedules that needs to go in first. And that's kind of something that has helped me shift through that. I love that because I teach that how to, to convert like a, you know, loyal listener into a paying client. So, and I love that you just said that because that is exactly what I find works too. But I just, I love what you're saying here. Amazing. And you're right. We do the fun things first and we forget about the other things. And I think it's because we're putting ourselves out there, right? We're vulnerable in that moment to say, you know, I can help you work with me. You know, there's so many things that we feel we need to protect ourselves from when we put ourselves out there. And the other thing is easy because we're like, oh, they already love us. Let's just go play in that playground. Right. And I love, I love what you're saying. That is just amazing and great advice. And hopefully that'll help another entrepreneur not have to go six rounds. Right. Cause it is hard. I, I had that too. So I'm, I'm not even saying like, oh, you had that. I suffered with that too when I started and I realized like, oh my gosh, I can't have these back-to-back launches because when I finish the launch, I haven't been promoting the next one. And that's like, these people left and there's nobody coming in. I like, I had the yes. same thing. So I love that you figured it out. What were you going to say? I think, it, I think it's interesting just to add on also to what you said is that it also took me way too long to get over my brain and actually get out in front of people. My, I, you know, for years I was like, no, I'll just keep posting on Instagram and there's nobody there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or there was like 600 people there, but like you have to be getting in front of new eyes. And so when I started um, pitching podcasts about two and a half years ago, I felt like literally like I was going to throw up every time I hit send and it was awful. But like fast forward two and a half years, I've been on over a hundred guest episodes and it has I have met the most amazing people, clients, friends, colleagues alike. It is amazing what happens when you get over that fear and just like, let's stop letting your brain tell you that you're inconveniencing someone. They have all right to say no, they can ignore your email. But often enough, someone gets so excited and you make a whole new connection. It is so worth getting over that discomfort and getting out in front of people, despite your brain wanting to keep you safe. I love that. And I don't even know if you know this, you might because you're a podcast host, but right now podcasting is the number one preferred 
method of marketing in all of business. And so I love that because everybody's doing it and it's such a great way to network without going to all the networking meetings, but to be able to share what your knowledge is and give people, inspire them and empower them to take control where they need to and make this networking as an event too. And I love yeah. that you said that. And that is amazing. Yeah, and I it's love just it's such a nice working. value add. Don't you find it's like, I, a, it's, it's I, showing up completely in value without saying like, oh, come buy this or do this. But it's like, hey, if you got inspired or what we said helped you at all, there's a way to take it further. And I just find it's like a great, it feels good, doesn't it? It just feels authentic to just serve without expectation. And I feel that's really been a foundation of why it's worked so well. That's what I was going to say. It's a beautiful way to serve the world, right? And to make an impact with no strings attached. And that Mm -hmm. helps you to find the people because really it's you putting yourself out there to be discovered. And then the people that are looking for you, they discover you. And it's all about the visibility. And that is, it's like magic. I'm so happy that you're taking advantage of that uh, in a way of serving the people, you know? And um, I also find too in this is that sometimes people are not able to invest at the very moment And you're able to serve them and get them to a place where when they are ready to invest, they come to you and you can make a huge difference, but you still can impact them. It's not like, oh, sorry, if you can't invest, I can't serve you. You, This is your opportunity to serve. And, you know, it is a beautiful thing. And it's so fun to be able to say, oh, you have this issue? Check out these podcast episodes, right? It's a beautiful way to also circulate within your own business, the value as well. Once people hand raise and come and select to enter your community as well. A hundred percent. And I love you said that. Like, and they, they're like raising their flag, right? Like I am your people. And, and that is like the magic of the, how it's so you're magnetically attracting, not attacking, right? Like we do sometimes, uh, but you're attracting your people and, um, and able to serve them in such a beautiful way. So thank you. Thank you for all of that. I love that. Let's tell our listeners one more time, where's the best place to find you? On my website, tanessashears.com, you can grab that 12 ways to biohack your energy and all the ways to get a hold of me are in there as well. (laughs) I love it. I love it. And I love the biohacking. I'm up for that all day long. Well, thank you so much, Tanessa. It's been such a joy to have you with us today. And to our listeners, I don't know where you are in your life or your business. Maybe you fell asleep and you need to go back in and listen again so Tanessa can help you to overcome that. But wherever you are in your life or your business, and even if you're face down on the ground right now and you don't know how you're going to go forward, I'm here to tell you, you can do it, but you've got to get back up. Tell them, Tanessa. Yeah, it's time. It's time to like take your energy and prioritize that. It's amazing what will happen if your energy levels up. Oh my gosh. Command the energy. Get back up. You can do it. You can do anything because you're invincible. Thank you for joining us today. If you were inspired or learned something new, please follow the show, submit a rating and review and share us with your friends. If you would like to chat to see if you can attract your ideal client and monetize your business through podcasting, please book a free call with me at camilehman.com. I can't wait to meet you.